G'day Cobbers, and uh, welcome to the uh, first episode of the Three Points In podcast for 2019. No, uh, they've been a big wait for people, and I hope this uh, lives up to expectations. And I am joined by the one and only, Joel. G'day listeners, how are we? Fresh off a, uh, need I say, gritty Richmond win. Cheers, cheers to that. And uh, also by Nathan, the Collingwood Tragic. Hello, how are we? Good, thanks. And uh, we're three and a half rounds into the uh, old AFL season. And three and a half beers for some. Not me, though. (laughs) Yeah, less for you. Two and a half for me. But that's okay, it's two points in. Wait, three, wait, what? Three, three points, points in. Yeah, three oh, points okay. in. okay, I'm, I'm not three in yet. Give me some time, I'll, I'll get there. We'll get, judging by your pace, Joel, it'll be Christmas at that rate. We'll, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be done for the uh, season. Oh, come on now, can't you tell from my slurring that I'm already wrecked? <laughs> oh, come on now. And moving on again. So, how was that uh, win for your lads, uh, the Tigers? Very pleasing, but uh, slightly shocking in a good way. I mean, a little bit of disbelief because I just thought we were too decimated by injury, but I'm very pleasantly surprised that we were able to get up and have a win. So, are you happy or disappointed with Richmond's start for the year? Uh, a little bit of both. I'm giving us a pass mark though, because I think we've done pretty well in the circumstances with all the injuries. And there's room for improvement and a long season ahead to to uh, to go onwards and upwards from here, hopefully. I have to be honest, my, my, I tipped Richmond for the flag at the start of the season. Yeah, no pressure. And I do not think Richmond will win the flag. Uh, I agree, unfortunately, <laughs> but I will happily be proven wrong. A realistic Tiger supporter. Yeah. I think so we found an uh, endang- endangered species, if there ever was one. <laughs> oh, poor endangered species. <laughs> Shout out to the Tigers in like the actual cats in the wild, because they're very endangered and you should donate to a good cause. World Wildlife Fund, WWF. WWF? Not E. World Wrestling no, give, Foundation. Give, yeah, World Wrestling Foundation. Give, please donate. Bring back Stone Cold Steve Austin. Give generously to the Sumatran Tigers and boycott palm oil containing products. Please, what contains palm oil that we Me should Garang, be Tim Tams, Pepsi, and pretty much everything else in your cupboard. Basically. So this beer that I'm holding, a Carlton Dry... Hard lager, six point five percent alcohol volume, ultra smooth. Does this have palm oil? If the ingredients say vegetable fats, that's code for palm oil. That actually hasn't got ingredients on here. <laughs> then it, I um, could be drinking cat piss. I think you might be. I think I saw the cat urinating you in your can before. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything because I just wanted you to get stitched up. Talking about stitched up, how about Melbourne? D 
dear, oh dear. That, that is, is the surprise packet. That is the surprise packet for me to start this year. And it's made my footy teaming suffer. But um, I managed to get them right on Thursday night, so that was some consolation. But yeah, we, I we, think they're only just clinging onto relevance. They're teetering on the edge. And if they lose in the next two weeks, I think they're out of the race for the flag, if they're not already. Ooh, big call there from Joe. Well, they've stunk it up, and you don't want to be playing catch-up. That's true, but I think that Melbourne will win the next four games before the bye. That's my prediction. Let's have a look at the fixture. That's mean, let's have a look at the fixture. Please, bring... Round five, Melbourne play... St. Kilda at the MCG. That's a win. Agreed. Yeah, should be a win. Round six. Richmond at the MCG. Sorry, Melbourne. That's sorry, that, Melbourne. That's, that to me, that's a toss-up. That's could go all the way. That's good go all the way, Jack back by then, so Melbourne, you can... Is he, though? Yeah. It was four to six weeks, Joe. Nah, he's, um, he's ahead of schedule. The curative powers of Jack Revolt. Uh, Jack Revolt is a flog. Nah, come on now. Round seven, Melbourne Lynch, play. Lynch was fucking... Six goals, Lynchy. You don't need three one anymore. Round seven, Melbourne play. Hawthorne at the MCG. I tell you what, I think I might give them the win there. No Tom Mitchell is very unideal for Hawthorne. And the fourth game of that sequence... Is Gold Coast and Gold Coast. Gee, I reckon you can pencil in at least three of the next four games as wins for Melbourne. And at that stage, that will be uh, four. That will be four <coughs> and four. That's when this season is so close Excuse that me. there really has not been a standout team this year. <coughs> no. Well, admittedly, you don't want to peak too early, like. If you're the hunted this early in the season, then it's just a poison chalice. Like, even if you finish reigning premiers, like it doesn't guarantee anything, as we saw quite tragically with Richmond last season. Uh, Richmond had their chance. They were blessed by the footy guards, injury, injury-free for two straight years, pretty much. They've had their run. Let's give another team a shot. Yeah, maybe... Um, maybe... It's a bulldog. Oh. Maybe Alex Rance will come back from his ACL in like six months and make a heroic comeback, and you never know. He's not playing this year, Joel. Let's be honest here. What's the quickest recovery from an ACL? Depends if they have traditional reconstruction or the last surgery. Last surgery fast tracks their the comeback. I think that Rance chose uh, normal the surgery. The traditional one. Yeah. So I reckon the, the the quickest you can come back from that would be like nine months for Tyson Goldsack last year. And that takes him through to, to December. So unless a miracle occurs, he's not healing in that time, unfortunately. Mm. And would you say no Rance, no Richmond? I would say so in terms of premiership uh, aspirations. D- depends who our opponent is. If we play Collingwood 
unfortunately, Cox and Digoey just destroy us with or without rants. Well, yes. speaking of calling any, any other competition, we're in it. Nathan, are you happy with Collingwood's start to the season? They're two and two. No. 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 Oh, I mean, it's a good. It's all. It's a launching pad, but not what I expected. What did you expect? Probably not undefeated, but shouldn't have dropped. Cocky much? What do you think? I said probably not undefeated. I said oh. we should we should have beaten Geelong. At the start you of the should season. have beaten West Coast. Should have. We can't beat West Coast. And you should have lost to Richmond, you pack of spuds. <laughs> well, we can't beat West Coast. It's fairly fucking obvious. They used to not be good at MCG, and now you've given them the recipe for success on how to win at the MCG. I think the recipe for success for West Coast was when they built a ground that's the exact same measurements and a replica of the MCG. Their key position players... players, uh, Without them, you know, if McGovern was to go down, Kennedy was to go down... Darling was to go down, that'd be... They were saying he's... That'd be fucked. He's, but you would say that almost about any team, like Collingwood. That's why Richmond. Richmond is. Yeah. But then you win today, so... But yeah, well, but you're un- I think you're underestimating Richmond, West Coast they rely midfield. On their, West Coast rely West Coast on their tolls a West Coast definitely have a top five That's midfield. True. Conservatively speaking. Maybe even top two or three. Who's that? West Coast midfield. Yes. Only rivaled by uh, Collingwood. Hashtag Vic Bias. Well, they've talent-wise, personnel-wise, their midfield yeah, is well, the midfield elite. Didn't, didn't really show off too much last night. And generally, Geelong <laughs> is is mentioned in that category, but Ablett probably shouldn't be considered a midfielder anymore. And the other contenders would be the team Lockie can't mention. I cannot mention this team for the next five minutes. Or else I will get dick punched. Liver, Dunkley, McLean. Quite a good midfield there. And the other would be Melbourne. Melbourne. Those teams, in my opinion, have the best midfielders. But, obviously, you have to have the depth across all lines of the ground. And that's what West Coast have, unfortunately. So, we talked about Melbourne, but what are your guys' surprise packets so far this season? For me, it would be Gold Coast, personally. I was willing to go out on a limb and say the Gold Coast would not win a single game. I tipped them round one. It's the one game they didn't win. And they lost by a point. I was so freaking salty about that. Um, yeah, probably Gold Coast or... Saints or the Brisbane. Lions? Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. They but then, look really but then today, until that today. Was shot. They don't play mm, well in the MCG, but previous to today, they were <laughs> red hot. Like, they don't play the MCG. They've, pl- they've played at the MCG, like, not even once a year for the past 10 years. They've played eight times in the past 10 years. Doesn't really... that That's... To me, that's poor... Fixturing. Poor fixturing by the AFL. Yeah. Every team should play at least two or three games at the MCG every year to add a... Well, if they were to... If Brisbane were to make the grand final and it was only their second game this year, or, you know, as you said... West Coast have been like that 
in so many to years. a lesser degree in the past. The West Coast have played more games at the MCG because they're considering. Actually, Adelaide was the one, and they were all salty because they're like, "Oh, we have such a big disadvantage because Richmond is always winning at the MCG, and we don't have exposure to playing there." Mm. Well, I'm sorry, but I have no control Good over that. Good point to make, but the interstate teams need to work around that. And they go oh, as West Coast have. The grand yeah. final should be best of three. No, it shouldn't, y'all. I agree, but that's what this best of three. That does that goes the interstate clubs. That goes against everything I'm not that they like. Just saying that's the card they play. You know, fuck it. I'm breaking this rule. Two minutes and a half early. <laughs> Tarzan can fucking punch me if we're going to a best of three. The Bulldogs will have not won the flag in 2016. You cannot tell me they won four games on the road, that four games basically away from home that season. If you play a best of three in either one of those games, they would have lost all... Th- they would have no, lost... only for the granny, though. But why the granny? You can make it for the other finals, too. Yeah. Some of the rules are already football? making this game like basketball and netball, and they play the and best soccer. of... They, ma- they play the best of three, five, or seven series. Do we want to make it any more like that? Absolutely not. The best team should win on the day. Absolutely. Sorry about that. That's his yeah. um, miss over there. Just giving him a bell. I don't have one. <laughs> uh, any uh. Because I got done. Any any uh any females looking for a uh, very uh calm. Rare unit. Rare unit. Uh, his name is Joe. Uh, comment on the uh three points in Facebook page. And uh, details will be will be provided. And moving on again. Wait, actually going home. Yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, get well soon. Say goodbye, goodbye. Say goodbye say to the See you, guys. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> there it is. Three points get in. Like us on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but ser- serious about that. And it, if any female listeners are... No, come on back to the sport. But this could be sport for some. <laughs> what? Hunting sport. Oh. Joel's on the hunt. Wait, Joel's Tarman, on the hunt. Can you get me a... Uh, yeah. Get me a hard. Yeah. What? A what? Um, get me a hard. Yeah, get me a hard. I'm drinking a... A hard on. Cal- no, Joel. I'm drinking a Carlton Dry... Hard liquor. Do you reckon Carlton will win tomorrow? I tipped them. Can they win away from home though? This is an interesting Can question. Gold Coast sustain the this is an interesting question before. about Carlton. How long can you survive on honor on honorable losses? Uh well if you're Damien Hardwick you lose the first nine games of your coaching career and only when your first final in your eighth year which also coincides with the year you win your first flag. So, pretty much, give your coach eight years, and if they don't win a flag by then, ship them off. So, Brendan Bolton's got another, what, four years left? Yeah, precisely. It's called the Hardwick Theory. Got a I'm, I'm, I'm going to go the uh, non-Richmond bias route in saying this. I think Carlton, they need to start winning games. Honourable losses can't last them forever. Yeah, touche, fair call. I actually think that will be super hungry and knock off Gold Coast. I don't know if Gold Coast can sustain 
their surprisingly good form and they're bound to have. But they are a playing at home. I think they will. I tipped Gold Coast. They I think are, Gold Coast will win. If you sit on Alex Sexton, can they really kick a winning score? Alex Sexton is arguably their one good goal kicker. But he's a midfielder. No, he's not. He plays like as a like a mid-sized deep forward who can play midfield, but usually stays close to goal. I think Gold Coast will win tomorrow. To me, Gold Coast will be in the surprise pack of this season. I I expected for Brisbane to do well. Yeah, me too. Maybe not this well though. Mm. But um, mm. Gold Coast have to lose eventually. Surely, they lost to St Kilda. By by a point. Yeah, well, freaking Peter Wright should have at least Peter. kicked the draw saving point. And he also got outmarked a shit ton in the last quarter, and I was so salty. But anyway, could open your own fish and chip shop. <laughs> both salts, please, chicken and regular. Joel's a salty man. Generally, but you should have so heard some of the language that he was dishing out. Oh just come on, now. there was nothing unsavory. That too, pretty happy. I was, but I was mostly in shock and disbelief. And I was convalescing a pinched nerve in my neck and an unhinged jaw from talking too loud and too much. That's when you know a footy game's intense, when it induces injury just in the mere act of spectating. Boy, oh boy. You were getting a bit salty about the uh, umpires there, Joel. You were... Rightly so, don't you think? They're just... There's a lot of over-umpiring and... I'll admit it's a difficult thing to do, but they probably need more help and these rule changes probably just make it more difficult and complicated for them. That is my opinion. I mean, it, like, there's been a lot of sort of comments about the umpiring this season. Do you think it's more the umpires themselves or do you think it's the fact that the rule changes are so frequent nowadays that it's confusing the umpires and they do not have experience with the rules? A bit of both, yeah. There's still terrible calls, like with all games, but it doesn't make it any easier for them. Because the, uh, when you think about it, the viewer at home now, even the viewer in the crowd, they've always got a better view of the game than the umpire. Right. And the umpire's got to make a decision within two or three seconds. They cannot be like, "Oh, even I don't, I don't know, I don't know this. I want to have a look at another." camera angle like we can do at home or even at the ground now they show it on the scoreboard maybe they should have a DRS but if we no, I'll slow the game down they'll slow the game what every what the theatre though boy oh boy well we've got snicker now we <laughs> have they, they didn't use that's only some snicker. stupid thing that channel 7 used I think yeah and it didn't freaking work today <laughs> they don't use it officially where were the lines that Robbie Gray definitely That did not show the post. Oh, come on now. We're in a room of 12 people, and what did we all say except for Joel? The, yeah. the technology was malfunctioning. Even still, I think the score review, it's like it, it doesn't really help. Like, oh, a lot of the decisions... The score, are... the score review is needed, though. Yeah. Well, they need to figure out the technology. What they need, like, let's say for cricket, like... Cricket or even soccer now, some soccer leagues around the world, they have a ball. If the ball crosses the line, if the ball flashes. 
if there is some sort of way that they can introduce that technology, even if the ball doesn't flash, but they have sensors, if the ball crosses the line to where they think they cross the line, and their signal is sent, mm. that would help. Especially because, like, okay, let's go to last night's game. The touched, get the there was ones. that. There was Sam Lloyd. Sam Lloyd's goal from outside. Well, it was not a goal. It was touched by his own teammates. Yeah, that was. Um, dear, that dear. was a bit of a, bit of a fu- clusterfuck there. Oh. Tried to mark it right on the line. But a lot of people say that was a goal. Like I was at the it ground. It was over the line though, when he touched it. I think it was overhanging the the goal line by a matter of millimeters even. So I think that comes down to... You can't. can't, um, Don't call me that. I said you can't. You can't determine that using... Careful, buddy. ...today's technology. Maybe in, you know, 50, 60, you know, 50 to 100 years, we'll be able to determine that. Are you kidding? 50 to 100? As Lucky said, the soccer technology, they have, like, the little... Do you reckon that would be accurate enough to be within millimetres. Well, is that what you're saying? can do it, surely... What is, what is accurate in terms of millimetres? Although Even, the oblong... <laughs> cricket cricket has, ha- has had this technology for nearly 30 years at this point and it's still not 100% accurate. Yeah. It will probably never be 100% accurate. Yeah, well... Still in a, yeah, there's still going to be that element of just the unknown, I guess. Um... Luck, even, you know, <laughs> it comes down to what the, like, the decision. I think made. they should keep with it. I think it has helped. I think it. I think it should be used if you know. Obviously, that years ago, like the see, decisions that were being made, you know, see, there was goals me, that were hitting that the post. Robbie Gray goal. Even though we also it was goal, to me that was still close enough to be reviewed. Yeah. See, I think post. I think post over. No. I think, I think um, it's still like a lot of the time, like you can see it and you say, "Oh, that's a goal." I don't think the reviews change the result that much, do they? A lot of the time, they just end up being the umpire's call or last exactly night. I feel that. Uh, don't get me. The mis- umpire called it touched, and it ended up being touched. Just. It was touched. The better team won last night. I won't lie. <laughs> Bulldogs played well. You've only got yourself to blame anyway, because there's a bloody Bulldogs player that touched him on the line. Don't bag Aaron Norton. He is my new Jesus. (laughs) He should have just left it. I don't know why he tried to mark it on the line. Crozier is my Moses. How about those marks by both players last night? Boy, oh boy. But, oh. What a That game last night, if you're a neutral fan... It would have been an absolute chore the first half to watch through. First half, the second half with those marks. It's been the, but th- this raises another question. The AFL has brought in all these rules to try and help scoring the 50-meter rule, the defender's hands in the back. You're allowed to do that in a marking contest now, the 6-6-6. But the scoring, statistically, is lower. Is the game now more unru- unwatchable than it was 10 to 15 years ago. Uh, not necessarily. Depends how high a tolerance you have of umpiring. Because a lot of people get, and understandably so, get frustrated with 100 metre penalties and the sliding in contact below the knees rules and so forth. But that aside, I think I'm to, generally on the other satisfied. Hand, on the other hand, people get just as frustrated when free kicks aren't paid. Well, yeah, whether 
when the ones that are paid and the ones that aren't paid, either way, I think you're right. They're frustrating. I think that I saw this last night. I attended the uh, Collingwood Bulldogs game, the MCG. Whenever there was a call that even may have been called, even if it was like very, very, very slight and it wasn't, fans look to the umpire to do something. Have the rule changes and the state of the modern game conditioned fans to expect mm. the umpire to always blow the whistle? Yeah. Because... Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I feel that is a negative because purposely, like, you guys would have to admit, the game is better when there's no free kicks. Absolutely. Yeah. And fans now are looking... If there, wasn't, if there was... The reason why everyone gets so angry is, you know, a free kick's paid at one point and then it, you know, if it's not paid the next at the next not point for the same, consistent. almost the exact same thing, people get angry with that. If it wasn't just paid, if it wasn't paid altogether um, or if it was more consistent, thing. people wouldn't get so angry. See, to me, I think that comes down to the AFL. Like, yeah. in terms, like, in my opinion, they are right to... The rule changes, they've done the rule changes now since 2010. Because even if the game now, the scoring's been low, like, go back to 2004, 2005, 2006. Like, do you guys remember the 2005 grand final? How everyone said that was a great grand final. Do you guys remember the final score of that grand final? Um, was that West Coast in Sydney? Yeah, the first one. 66. Oh, 65, 64. It was low. It was it was fifty five, fifty four. Yeah, yeah. So, so imagine that now, scoring, like yeah. that is. What a sc- bit scrappy. There's what less than twenty goals kicked that game. What was the one the year after? The year they after, stopped. year after was like eighty six. That's like. They were both very close games. Mm. But, I think the rule changes. They have the right intentions. What did Sydney have to do to get a North? I think the problem is with the AFL that it has become overcoached. Coaches have too much... Well, they've addressed that with no runner now, though. But has that really helped? Well, it probably doesn't affect teams with very good on-field leadership. Because the likes of Luke Hodger are well-renowned for being on-field coaches, but if you have an inexperienced team, well then yeah. it's probably going to be more of a hindrance for those teams. Is that sort of a situation when it comes... Come. Is that sort of a situation when it comes to uh, teams like North Melbourne? North Melbourne, like, they got Zebel, but they don't really have... Who's Zebel? Jack Zebel. I'm joking. Like, but, but, you're, but you're right, that joke does have a layer of truth. North what Melbourne really lack a true leader on the field. They have for the past couple is of seasons. Is best mate's group in North Melbourne? Yeah. Be careful, dude. I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm speaking the truth. I, I feel teams without on-field leaders, it's shown past couple of years like North Melbourne. Melbourne to an extent. Gold Coast. Ne- yeah. Although they're going well. Nathan, no, How David. Can Jared Witts be a co-captain though? David Swallow is like David Swallow's been there from the beginning. That's true. Like, but in going back to the umpires, I feel we may have gone a bit off tangent there. But to the umpires, I really hate a trend in current football is fans on both teams blaming the umpires for losses. 
Particularly close losses. Uh, Umpires may have the ability, but... Blame, what do you say, blame the AFL? I would say blame the AFL more than the umpires, because again, the umpires have literally one or two seconds to make a decision. It's not the fault that the rules are confusing, or they change every so often. Yeah. I, would, I, I wouldn't be, um... Yeah, you, I, for close losses like that and people blame the umpires you wouldn't put it back on the players in that in those circumstances especially if there's a controversial decision but you could just be, exactly. you, you could just be the the higher person or the higher fan and just be like well there's a lot we of weren't good enough involved, on though. yeah but, but it's becoming a it's when be- you know there's a there's a decision you know a free kick that's paid that will and in the end in yeah goal. directly directly results in 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 a goal that will and you know determines the end of the game. I think should be earned and not a result of umpire charity. I do too, but let's be honest. How many goals a game are resulted from umpire charity? Can I tell me that the umpire, even in the games that have a dominant umpire whistle for one team, does that really decide the game? Depends on the context. I think, I think bigger margins. No, I don't think you can. If you know, if it, if you a team was to win by you know three, two or more goals, you can't compl- you can't blame the umpires. But you know, if it was a matter of points or even you know a goal, potentially, and it was if it was a result of a decision that was a bit controversial, you could nearly you know, yeah, you could argue that your team should have played better and and you know has secured the win before that. But I don't know, like if. A good example is last night. There's a lot of people that said that the Bulldogs got robbed by the umpires last night, which is the world first, by the way, because hashtag free kick Bulldogs has been a... See, I didn't see see any of that. I'd be able to admit it. Because, like, I can admit that too. I don't know. Like, people talk to the the so-called 60-metre... They both both sides oh, yeah, had yeah. those. There was a fifty meter penalty mm. paid to the Bulldogs, which looked sixty meters. There and was then a there was the uh, that there, meters. I have to admit there was one call that I saw from the stand where I was I had a perfect view of it. That should have been called, and it was when Mason Cox got called for the mark when Crozier had a very clear first touch of the ball. Yeah. But apart from that, any of the other free kicks for Collingwood, I like I did not know. I don't blame the umpires for that loss. The Bulldogs, they were in the lead. They got outplayed in the end. I mean, I feel like you cannot blame the umpires. The umpires, they have a very, very tough job. They got so much scrutiny. There was some, there was some like you know, in in the last quarter as well. Like, I think it was my check. With they, the umpire blew the whistle for a um, dangerous tackle, and um, the player stopped, and Collingwood ended up kicking goal. It's like, well, the umpire probably just not have not have blown the whistle. Collingwood may have still kicked a goal, and it wouldn't be, you know, you know, the commentators like Wayne Carey were saying, oh, you know, that shouldn't have been a free kick, shouldn't have blew the whistle. It's like, if you hadn't have blown the whistle, it still might have been a goal. Yeah. It just confuses the players. See, I think what the AFL should do is leave the rule changes for at least a two to three year period. Except for the absolute howlers, like sliding in contact blows. To me, that's a free kick. You, like, yeah, but a lot of them are poorly interpreted by the umpires. Maybe they should make it like... There's been, yeah. A clear-cut rule should be with the sliding in. If you slide in, 
into the ball, and the player feet or knees first. The the player that you slide into ends up in the air, like they leave the ground, as Lucky Hunter did last night when Dugowie slid into him. Yeah, Lucky Hunter clearly feet, and then he slid in, like the Phillips one last week. Phillips was on his on the ground, and he dived on the ball, and that was below the knees contact. That was bullshit. And McRae last night, McRae. It look it did seem that McRae went in for the knees, but McRae was not on his feet. He led in head first and went for the bowl. And the Collingwood player did not leave his feet. I feel it should be if you're on the feet, you dive in, and the opposition player is lifted off their feet. I guess the main thing first that people ball. are shitty about is that it. Well, it it's inconsistent. Of... The ball should get but the benefit but, of the doubt. But the ruling. But the but the. Actual rule is inconsistent. It doesn't give a clear cut. So the umpires... Like, my favourite games of football is when the umpire swallows the whistle. Me too. When they're not calling the the cheap or the or no, the hard-to-call free kicks. Finals. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And, unless uh, if you're a, uh, Which a salty and a uh, Bulldog 2016. Like that <laughs> That's what... Yeah, like... I think the umpires are giving a lot of slack, and I implore the AFL, if anyone from the AFL is listening, is listening right now, please leave the rules for two to three years. Let the umpires have a chance to interpret the rules for a couple of years, get some consistency, yeah. and we'll see where it goes from there. Because the problem is, if you change the rules year on year... How are they going to get... It, it's like it's like a job. If I get told to do my job one way, and then each year that changes, of course I'm going to stuff up here or there. I'm only human. I thought you were really good at making burgers, Lockie. Like, I am. Uh, if you want to go burger head to our grilled Southern Cross, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Southern Cross Station, that is. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, like, the umpires are only human. We Like, you can't expect... They would do perfect every single time. That's true. Especially in today's day and age when people at home, even people at the stadium, they have so many camera angles to mm. view from the play. Like, I think it's more the rules. I think it's more the AFL. I think pe- commentators and fans should stop blaming the umpires for things that may not be in their control. Yeah. Look, I'll happily put my hand up and say... I pipe up at umpires, but Did I'd like know? I'd like to think that I don't say we lost because of umpires. I do not make that excuse, and I just think that the rules need to be easier for them to interpret. That is my opinion. Mm. Like, mm. but I, I would say like there's been a lot of close games this season. A lot of close. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, a lot of quarters have been unwatchable, but like the last quarters for a lot of games have been interesting. Oh, excuse me again. <laughs> yeah, but it <they're> just <laughs> what? And moving on again, Collingwood, two and two. Pies. Yeah. Thoughts on the uh, pies? Um. Not off to the best start, but you've had a tough from, draw. From here. Yeah, tough it's been draw. a tough couple of weeks, that's for sure. 
What? What's so funny, mate? <laughs> Tough draw. Boy, oh boy, Crimea River. Please explain. Oh. Come on, explain, Joe. Explain West this. How often do you travel interstate? Travelling interstate next week, actually. About bloody time. To Brisbane. You'll yeah, beat right. them, so don't complain. Yeah, but we played... Is that a prediction? We played, yes. we played a grand finalist. A... F- a finalist. And he let finalist. them beat you. Why? I tipped you. I trusted you. Because we can't beat West Coast. Why can you beat Richmond then? Because we have Coxie. Careful. <laughs> we have Coxie and he... He's, uh, big, he just dominates. What happened big telescopic cops. What happened to Dane Beans? <laughs> he, got Why? he had a migraine. He got the shits. Did he have the shits or a migraine? Probably both. I don't know why we can't beat fucking West Coast. It shits me Is as well. Allowed? Is he allowed to say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Moving on again. What? Moving fuck. on from what? I can say fuck a fault too. <laughs> 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 fuck, fuck, fucking you, fuck. <laughs> that shouldn't be funny, but it kind of is. Um. Nah, well, well, we should have beaten them. How cruel we should have beaten it? them twice. No. Look, West Coast definitely played better than us last week, but we should have beaten... Like, going back to last year, we should have beaten them in the qualifying final. We should have beaten them in the grand final, so... How cruel was it that Dom Sheed kicked a goal in an almost identical oh, yeah, position? Don't, don't bring up that, because I'll bring up King the Dom Shield, dominator of Collingwood, killer of Magpies. He kicked it off the back of a bullshit 50-meter penalty... And the 50 meter penalty was paid from a bullshit free kick, so... I was there at the game last week, but I have to admit that I really wasn't paying attention at that point. I was, uh... I was about 10 beers in, and I, we were just singing songs. I hate songs. that man, Dom Sheed. If Dom Sheed is listening, you got an enemy. <laughs> you got an enemy, right here. G'day, Dom. You Fuck played off, on Dom. Dom. Fuck off, Dom. He did play on anyway. That's not... That was not a free kick. I didn't say it was a free kick. I said he played on. He did not play on. No, it was a free kick against... Willie Rioli. It was Willie Rioli. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Maybe Braden Maynard shouldn't have turned his back to the ball and... But then Dom Shea played on. He did. I agree with no, that point. No, he did not he play did. on. He no, he didn't. He took at least one... At least two steps off his mark. If he did play on, he played on... He didn't play on long enough for the Collingwood player to tackle him and he still kicked the goal. Yeah, because... He would have still kicked the goal. He would have kicked the goal. He would have turned onto his wrong side. Yeah, but if it was played on, he would still ha- have had time to kick the ball the way he did. Oh, poppycock. When you run off your mark, let's play on. Even if the umpire called play on, he was still in his run-up yeah, and he would have taken the kick. Anyway, Didn't one of the commentators call him out? me of that, de- that diet depresses me. Well, don't remind me. Is this how we remind you? <laughs> Nickelback. <laughs> but Chad's when you, Ned when you mentioned... Dom Sheed, he that was a bullshit fifty mile penalty penalty from a bullshit free kick. He didn't even kick it from the same uh, from the same degree, so it wasn't that impressive. I didn't say it is, I just said it was what uncanny and cruel. It was from the boundary. No he was, no, not last week it wasn't. He was oh no like, no no no, it was in the goal square last week. That yeah, was impressive. Yeah. Nah, he w- he's not that good. <laughs> he has bolstered their midfield to a large degree. <laughs> yeah. Dom Sheed, that, that's something a bit short. 
You may not agree that he's not a good player, but like... Oh, come on now. He is a good player. Their midfield is right up with the best midfields in the league. Hashtag Vic Bias. If West Coast were a Melbourne team, they'd be all sucking their theoretical dick. Oh. That's not lie. Chewy, Gaff, Yo, Cheed. There's more, but I can't... Crips. He's more forward. Mark Hutchins, good tagger. You said yo. I said yo. Why aren't they coming to... Maston or Marston? Um, anywho, moving on from West Yeah, Coast. but they're forward line as well. Like, they're really the only team... Jack with two... Redden. Jack Redden him. as well. They're the only team that really has two dominant tall forwards. That's, um, excuse me. That's what I was saying. Without, Wait for Revolt to come back and we got him and Lynch. Like, what? There's been, what, two games with Revolt and Lynch as tall forwards? One. Wait, two. Yeah, two games. Round one, round two. And what happened? Well, you beat Carlton and you looked... They have not looked... They spoiled oh, each other's on, balls man. multiple times in those two games. Revolt they need go. some time... Revolt missed the game today. How many goals Revolt, did Lynch kick? He'll be even better line. with Revolt, though, because then he won't have two tall defenders hanging judging, ju- judging by ex- Judging by uh, the two games where they're both in the team, oh, I say on. no. No, come on. I say no. Move Rewald into Give the back line. Exactly. He ain't going to the back line. He's a dual common medalist. Yeah, but, you yeah, Lynch, but Lynch, Lynch, Lynch. How many goals does Lynch? He needs support from experienced tall forwards to take. Bloody twenty-six years old, as if he's not experienced enough. No. He. How many goals did he kick each year of the Gold Coast for it's God's sake? God. It's easier. A second division EDFL player was delivering him the ball each week, and he still kicked sixty goals a season. If you have a teammate of the caliber of Jack Revo to take a tall defender away from your space. You are one out and much more dangerous than even more so than he was today when he kicked six goals. Albeit, there was a little bit of umpire intervention in there with his double goal. And and then there was another one for a free kick, but we don't mind about that because umpires don't decide <laughs> results, do they? Don't make the umpire excuse. We won fair and square. Richmond won off the umpire's No, back. no. I'm saying that goals were resulted from free kicks, but we still won fair and square, and Port Adelaide cannot play the victim card, cannot make the umpire excuse, and if they do that, they can suck eggs. (laughs) Sounds to me like an admission of guilt. No, mate. If you push an opponent who just kicked a goal in the back, then you just give the umpire ammunition... To give that player a second that's shot a on poor goal. Fit. That's a poor free kick. Well, he shouldn't have pushed him. What does God. that achieve? And moving on again. Oh, shit. Moving on again. I think you're moving on a bit too soon. What does that achieve? I'm not moving on from the flag, though. We've got eight more years of me celebrating that glory. <laughs> I think it might be time to move on, Joe. I've moved on. Maybe you shouldn't. You Speak... Have- you have to get your Tom Boyd tattoos, by the way, Lockie. Tom Boyd. And you have to get a Richmond tattoo as well. I will, but I just need more of an income. Uh, oh, Alright, uh, we'll start at our GoFundMe page. On uh, the Three Points in Facebook page. So you're pimping me out and now you're getting me, like, donations to 
to find a tattoo. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Joel will get his Richmond Premiership tattoo and I will get my Bulldogs Tomboyd Premiership tattoo. <laughs> Over your whole back. If we get $100 on GoFundMe, this will really care. 100 A hundred. I'll just pay for this. I, I, like, like, I was going to say, like, you're, you're a man of ink, Nathan, <laughs> if we can uh, say that. Uh, it depends how big you want it, but you probably... Need a couple hundred bucks to pay for a decent one. Well, we'll I was only gonna get yellow and black. We'll we'll we'll, we'll set the goal at a hundred dollars, and if How we get more than that, does that cost yellow and black in like a standard size font? A couple hundred bucks. Enough to fit on my ample bicep. Although ample. I guess, I guess it would have to be pretty big font size. Anyone want anyone <laughs> want to have a look at our Joe Alice's oh. biceps? Just, oh, head no, to our, no. just head to our, just head to his Facebook page, no. and you will see a picture of him adorned <laughs> in the uh, Richmond, Don't in the hold Richmond. My twelvey days against me. We were all awkward, cringeworthy twelveys. Twelvey, what is a twelvey? Please explain. For me, it was ages thirteen to seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was twelve, I was not 12. a twelvey. I was late to the twelvey party, <laughs> and late to the puberty party as well. <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and we'll move on again, because we've gone off on a tangent. Mate, that's what this uh, podcast is about. Three points in podcast. We are all about the tangents. Don't forget your tattoo. That's going to be much more than $200, Lockie, if it's to fill up your whole back. I didn't say the whole back. Yeah. I did not say the whole back. It has to be an almost life-size tomboy tattoo. He's two metres tall. Maybe you should get growing then. We will stretch you through barbaric means of of stretching for height increases. Oof. Oof. I tell you what, how are we going for time? Are we, we due p- for an interval? Oh, like uh, I think we may need a uh, drink break for Joel. Toilet break, more to the point. So, toilet break. So, we'll uh, have a bit of a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about our predictions for and the, Israel Folau. For the rest <laughs> of the season, and uh, we'll talk about cricket, Israel Folau. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you soon, shortly, fellas. And, and women. And women. Exactly. Thank you, Joel. Well, we had a bit of a break there. And we've just checked the scores of the uh, the West Coast Fremantle game. Looks like West Coast are about to chalk up another win. And I think that's a good time to talk about, we're three rounds in, predictions for the rest of the season. Is it still too early to really predict who are the flag favourites? I say yes. You can narrow it down to about four or five clubs, I think. Please do. Uh, West Coast, Collingwood, Geelong... GWS. He's going to say it. I've already said that, unfortunately, we're not well equipped. Who's the fifth? Jack and Melbourne are still... Melbourne? Brisbane? Brisbane, yeah. Brisbane? Melbourne teetering on the edge with an asterisk against their name. I think Melbourne are... What about Brisbane? Brisbane, very much capable of top eight, but not yet a premiership contender. Not this season. Mm. Yeah, it's really hard. It is really hard. I still think that we will not know... Bulldogs, perhaps, for top eight, but maybe not premiership as well. 
They've done it before from seventh. <laughs> Here we go. Boy, oh boy, I've what ten of all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I, like we've avoided because I've deliberately tried to avoid talking the Bulldogs. Let's talk about the Bulldogs. Do you think they're two and two? Do you think that this current sort of come back to the Premiership style that they used to play with the pressure foot with the pressure football, the the almost chaos football, if you will, like. Causing the opposition to just... The const- manic pressure. The manic pressure. Running in waves. Running in waves. Like, momentum football. Do you think that they've done it the past four weeks to varying success? Do you think this is just a phase, or do you think that the Bulldogs are actually back to successfully <clears throat> producing that style of football? I am unconvinced, in my opinion. Really? I need to see a couple more weeks. I think... Their midfield is definitely the real deal. Most opponents they come up against, they'll have an advantage in midfield, which is half the battle. Which, okay, okay, let's go back to last night. Matthew Lloyd come round two. Collingwood is perhaps the best midfield we've ever seen. Who had the upper hand in the midfield last night? Matthew Lloyd, stop making stupid comments like that, please. Not the best ever. But up there with the best currently. Yeah, but there's a big difference between best ever and best currently. We didn't have beams in, but still, like, pretty underperformed. The Bulldogs midfield, like, this may be very bust. I feel it's very good. Like, let's go through the names. You got, you start start with Bontempelli, McRae, Liberatore, Hunter, Hunter, Dunkley, McLean. McLean, Richards. You can put uh, yeah. Wall- we haven't Wallace. Yeah, Wallace. As well, they're very deep in the midfield, but the problem with the Bulldogs this season has been they've had the most inside fifties of any team in the competition. Even last night, they almost doubled Collingwood's inside fifty count. They cannot kick goals. Tom Boyd's coming back from injury though. Personally, I will feel that will not make a difference because they got Aaron Norton down in the. Forward fifty. I feel he would be a better player up there than Tom Boyd would. Perhaps they will decide that Boyd plays his best footy in the forward line, and maybe they want to include him and say, "All right, maybe we just revert back to playing Norton in defence." I feel that could actually be welcome because Nathan could attest to this. He's a Collingwood boy. You saw last night. Uh-oh. There were key periods last night where Cox's height. Especially in the last quarter, it was key to Collingwood's victory because the Bulldogs did not have anyone who could match his height. Without him in the last quarter. Yeah, but a lot of the time it's wasted height. He generally only plays well against Richmond. All he has to do is make a contest. But see, like, I'm not saying, like... And not kick it over to go his head. The point I was making with that was it wasn't just Cox. It was the fact that the Bulldogs go against a team... In the latest stages of the season, if they get there, like West Coast, yeah. or a team with multiple tall forwards, if Norton is still up forward and they and Eastern Wood is your main key defender, Eastern Wood's not very tall. He's yeah. probably a mid side. He plays above his height with his marking ability. He Same with Crozier. If if that comes down to if it comes down to that in the latest stages of the year, I do not trust the Bulldogs. Play Lewis Young. Dare Lewis I say? He's careless with the football. I won't lie. I'd rather have Johansson in the team yeah, than him. Yeah, but tall, 
tall defenders, you're not going to play through them all the time as, like, the designated playmaker. They're just there to counter the tall forward on the opposition. Dare I say, at the start of the season, like, we were not able to record a podcast at the start of this year. I was going to, of course, even preview, but life gets in the way, as it always does. But uh, I was co- I was almost calling for Luke Beveridge's head. But, like, he's too radical with his game plan. I was going to say Aaron Norton up forward. I thought that was a too risky move. It would lead us too shorthanded in the back line. But I am actually convinced that is the right move. Where does Tom Boyd fit in there? Or does Shaki... Tom Boyd could go on the rock. What about English? Let's talk about English, actually. Because last night, Grundy... Obliterated him. Obliterated him in the in in the con in the rock contest, but around the ground, English had an impact. Yeah, but six hitouts to sixty, boy oh boy, <laughs> it's still That's terrible. But also, like this, this is my bias streaming out. So do not take this as like actual like like take this as my opinion, but don't like treat this as gospel, please. Tim English, he's twenty years old. What rockman? What what Rockman really has had a good career at twenty years old? No one. Exactly like Max Gorn, he got drafted in what two thousand and nine. Yeah. He don't he did not get a consistent game at Melbourne until after Stefan Martin left in twenty twelve. Like Rockman take years to develop. Indeed. I think the Bulldogs midfield is strong enough, as we saw on Friday night, to withstand the fact that they are not getting the hitouts, to let him stay in the team and develop. It's all a learning experience. He is still Absolutely. he is decent around the ground. Yes. Where he can agreed. he made an impact in that th- in that third quarter where the Bulldogs made that run in that game. He made an impact around the ground. He is big enough where he can make the contest. He's smart enough to know that he doesn't have to go to the mark all the time, and he can bring it down to the crumbers, which the Bulldogs have an abundance of. Absolutely. But you are right in that maybe if the Bulldogs are. If the Bulldogs do think that they are a finals team this year, they perhaps need to think of a better, uh, better forward line. Better, better forward line, and maybe a better rockman as well. And one more tall defender, like actually tall defender. I think, like, I don't want this to become a bulldog centric. Like, we're talk- might as well have a talk now while we're on the topic. I think the Bulldogs need to bring in maybe Lewis Young. Or Jackson Trengove, because he can also or, rock. Actually, Jackson Trengove would be perfect, because you can bring him in. He played as a Ruckman last season. He did quite well. But also you half, can br- centre-half-back. That's well. mean you could bring him as a backup Ruckman slash centre-half-back. Give English a spell as well. And also... Excuse me, also... Taylor Duray needs to be... Liability. He's a liability. He can do well, but he is a liability in stages. Is is Zane Cordy even good? He's not that tall for a tall defender. Uh, No. No. It hurts me to say this. I would drop Zane Cordy in a heartbeat for Jackson Trenger or Louis Young. Yes. Zane Cordy tries hard, and I think... Because, let's be honest... Uh Uh-oh. UFC, UFC. Jackson Trengo, like, 
Luke Beveridge is a Beveridge. He's a VFA. He's a he's an amateur coach at heart. Ouch. That's how he got his reps. So. That's it. So I reckon the Bulldogs. I think they'll be up there with with Richmond with Collingwood, but I still think it's still too early for uh. Really picking this AFL season, but. Let's move on to our other sports. We had a big event. Cricket. 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 Let's talk about the cricket. Cause... I'm the Aussies. <sighs> That's it. I'm about to say it. <laughs> Australia. What's the deal with Australia? As soon as we leave the country. Boy, oh boy. We suddenly look like world beaters. Coming from 2-0 down in India to win a five-match series 3-2 for the first time overseas, and then whipping the pants off Pakistan in the UAE, boy oh boy wowee, could you hit form at, at a, any better stage than right now heading into a World Cup? I don't think you can, but of course there is the uh, overarching question that we have Here it comes. and that's uh that's Smith and Warner absolutely bringing them into the team boy, in oh terms boy. of in terms of the test team it's a no brainer for both of them agreed but the one day team you could make the case that both of them should not be included in the world cup squad argument well Kawaj had probably secured his spot on performances I agree. And Finch is captain, and even before he did get those breakthrough centuries, they were pretty loyal to him. But and he's turned it around. He's he turned did. it around. So can Warner bat at three or five? Does he fit into the team? Do you drop Kawaja down? Hanscom did well. See, Smith is n- Smith is a decent one, but one day play. He's not a world beater. I feel he agree. Ma- I feel he will not make the team. I feel Warner will. Smith will not. The thing is, though, both are very good fielders. And if, like, Sean Marsh gets picked ahead of them, and if he doesn't go well, then perhaps you look at bringing in Smith. Or if Hanscom, he's, he's another one. If he gets picked ahead of them and he doesn't go well, he could be a scapegoat. Mm. But my opinion is that perhaps maybe Hanscom should be the keeper to maybe accommodate those world-class players. But then again, Han- Hanscom technically is a keeper. He's not very good. Like, Alex Carey. No, but also, if we're talking keepers, there's a man that we haven't mentioned that he's been absolutely... Uh, best say he's been tearing it up. What does this man have to do to get picked in the Australian team? He's averaging almost 60 in the Sheffield Shield. He was probably the best player in the Big Bash. What does he have to do to get a spot in the Australian team? Even as a specialist mm. batsman. He wasn't my favourite player, but on way to performance, like, you've got to incentivise, like, rewarding good performances in the second tier, so he probably should have been rewarded with a senior international caller. That's what I mean, like, because the current selectors, as soon as the whole ball tampering scanner has said, we're going to select players on merit. But that hasn't come That has not happened. Matty Wade has been the best domestic player, even the best batsman to have all the ones in the Australian team in the past year, and he has not even come close to a call-up. It's a joke. I feel 
bring him into England for the Ashes. Put him on the plane. At least have him with that squad. Fair argument. But he ten- he seems to be on the outer. And my logic was that Hanscom's batting was quite compelling in India and the UAE. And as mentioned, he can part-time keep. And he plays spin really well. And maybe if you like, reshuffle the order and give Hanscom the keeping gloves, maybe he can fit in like a Smith or a Warner at number three. Mm. Potentially. See, like, if we're talking, like, in terms of the World Cup, I feel the bowler lineup is set for the World Cup. Do you, Paddy Cummins. But in terms of the Ashes, uh, there's been a man that's been uh, tearing it up late in the uh, domestic season. J-Pat. And he's he's always the forgotten man of Australian cricket. Five years ago, if we told if if we sat if I told you five years ago that James Pattinson did not play a test for almost four years, what would you tell me? You would call me an utter idiot. I would be pretty upset. But it's it's come to light. Uh, he's still what? He's not even how old is he? Like twenty seven, twenty eight. Twenty seven, I reckon maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe twenty eight. Like. And he's been injured, but he's starting to tear it up in the domestic scene. You time. you got to put him on the plane to England for the Ashes. He in has my opinion. shades of Dale Steyn, I reckon. Mm. But Australian cricket, clearly on the uh, clearly on the up and up. Have we got uh, any other sporting news, fellas? That we might want to. Uh, Israel Folau. <laughs> That's controversial. World Cup year. Could he have picked a worse time? I say no. I think he may have cost us a World Cup in terms of if the Wallabies were going to win it. Like, I'm not an avid fan of the Wallabies. Me neither. But, like, I know him. I get around the Wallabies when they're uh, playing uh, the big games like the Burslow and Tri-Nations. But what do you think about the uh, Israel Folau comments, Nathan? Do you reckon that the... the he used to play for GWS. Yeah, I know. The Curried Hopper. What, what did he say? The uh, the, 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 the Instagram post saying that uh, if you're if you're gay, drunk, an atheist, a gambler was that a gambler. So everyone on the face of the earth. Yeah, everyone on the face of the earth is going to hell except for his Rafael. <laughs> <laughs> what about well, he's the pedophile priest? They're going to hell because they're probably... If you're not a... If you're not... What? So if you're an atheist, a drunk... Well, gay, I'm, be- I'm betting gambler. there's there's lots gay, of uh, gambler, Christians that are, that, are, uh, that are drunks. And fornicators. And gamblers. And gamblers. So, so he's none of those, is he? Apparently. The sun Jeez. shines out of his ass, I think. Oh, thank you. Thanks, so. I mean, let's just like make this opinion. I don't care if the Australian World Cup team is screwed... Israel Folau, please fuck off. Please. We do not need that kind of ignorance in 2019. Please. Like, that, that's all out, I have to say on that matter. Like, on, like, just out of the blue, or did someone ask him a question? He's always been a bit of... He tweet those things? He's always been a bit iffy. Like, he, he has previously mentioned his, his uh, disagreement with the uh, quote-unquote gay lifestyle, but he's never done in, like... Now, mm, think it's about time he shut up. He just disappeared, and it good, good. Like he's probably just pissed off half of his team as well. 
Yeah. I'm sure they're all falling into that category somehow. He has gay teammates. Well, there would be. There would have, like, statistically. Yeah, exactly. Statistically. There would be, you know, there would definitely be gay people in every single. Darcy Moore. Sorry. Darcy But. All Australian centre half back Darcy Moore. Yeah. 2019. He's on track. He's on track. At least he was on crack. He's on track. But he might be on crack. You know, it's definitely, like, statistically speaking, in every single AFL team, NRL team, whatever, there's definitely homosexual people. I don't have a problem people. with that. I'm not the one that's calling them out. I know, but, like, Israel Folau really, like, in terms of this, especially in terms of society we're in now, He's just you should just shut your mouth. And good on the NRL. The NRL... Like, they've always had issues with... Even this offseason, they've always had issues with, with players misbehaving more than any other sports league most in the world. But the NRL, the day that this came out, they came and said that we will not offer Israel Folau any contract. NRL? He's playing union. Yeah, but because his union contract is going to be oh, cancelled, the, the NRL oh, okay. said that we will not sign him at yeah. all. Probably that, so. Why would you be so outspoken on a public forum? Like, you're probably shit for having those views in the first place. But if you're going to have those views, at least internalise them. Like, that's so inappropriate. Like, what do you expect to get out of that? What are you achieving? It's just... He's obviously a fuckhead, isn't he? <sighs> Moving on. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say, but there's something that's... He doesn't up- like money. This may be a sports <laughs> podcast, but I feel there's uh, something coming. Uh, there's a couple of things coming up that uh, they transcend sport. Well, if you turn on Fox Footy this round, you're definitely seeing the uh, the uh, remnants of this event that's ha- uh, happening this Monday, and that's uh, the I premiere of the uh, cool. the uh, the final season of Game of Thrones. And uh, any thoughts on that, fellas? Or he doesn't watch it, but I I love it. Yeah, thoughts um, on the uh, final season? I, like I don't know though. what to expect. Could go any anywhere. I think. Is I Joffrey think we're dead in, yet? I think yes. He is Joffrey spoiler. dead? Spoiler. I don't. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. He like the question, but I think I think there's going to be a Die lot of. Wolves? I think there's going to be a few deaths. Are they going to kill that hot ranger chick? What's her name? You're talking about Melisandre. No, I don't know. The one, she always gets her tits out. Oh! <laughs> don't they all on that show? Yeah. Well, no, I don't know if she'll die. Um, Are there die? I don't know who's going to die. Yes. No, they probably like, will all die. Yes. Do they kill the die wolves as well? Yes. Why? I'm not going to spot. Just watch it. Why do they kill innocent die wolves? What it's the camera. fuck is a die wolf? <laughs> a wolf that's dire. Sorry to anyone who hasn't seen Game of Thrones. Uh, me. I actually, like, in honesty, I've only ever... I've never watched any episode of Game of Thrones. Bullshit. But, like, that is a catastrophe. As if you haven't. I'm not kidding. I've seen, like, snippets of episodes. And I know, like, the basis of the story because no, it's very, very, very hard is, to avoid it. So have. The good thing is that by the time... You can just watch it all in full now. Have you watched exactly. Breaking Bad? No. Bullshit, you so have. You're into pop culture. But I know what happens in it because, like, I I am on the internet. Speaking of pop culture, there's probably... 
the biggest movie release in history happening in uh, a week and a half uh, yes. on the uh, 24th. Shazam. Ev- <laughs> <laughs> that already happens. What are you talking May about? May I please purchase oh, some of your finest beer, please? Yeah. Wait, what? I love Shazam, but we're talking... Shazam! If anyone's listening has not seen Shazam, avoid the trailers. It's not as stupid as the trailers make it out to be. Please see Shazam. What, what, what are you referring to? I'm a f- referring to, obviously, Avengers Endgame. What's that shit? <laughs> it's our te- uh, 10 years of uh, movies. I myself from pop culture. Well, I'm an individual... And yet he knows what day of wolves are. And... Oh. My sister has a, a teddy direwolf. I like it. Yeah, but Avengers. Avengers Endgame. And I think, even though this is a mainly sport co- podcast, this is uh, transcendent enough where we go to talk our uh, results of uh, Endgame. What's uh, your thoughts on... Uh, we're surrounded by... A ro- we're in a room at the moment where we got all sorts of uh, die-cast figurines. We, got, we actually got an Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Looking at me, and it's actually, it's actually putting the middle finger up at me as I'm talking right now. What's that? That's it's If you do not know, yeah, we do. The Infinity Gauntlet is what Thanos used to snap half the universe's population. You should know. You're a greenie. You would agree with Thanos. Who's Thanos? He gathers the six Infinity Stones so he can snap. Half the population so of the whole entire universe out of existence. Because balance, because... Yes, let's do that in real life. The, yeah, because in the movie, he says the universe has finite resources and there's too many people. And if we get rid of half the people, it would be balanced and there would be enough resources for everybody. No one would go hungry. There would be no poverty. Let's no. us the Israel flowers. What, the one? <laughs> the no. one? Joel might have a, a better tactic on that. Just erase all of the um, Israel followers, pedophile priests like George Powell, and you know, and we all good, won't we? Yeah, um, yeah. But like Avengers Endgame, what what do you think will be the uh, outcome of the? Uh, this is a big film. Big. This is probably the biggest film in history. In yeah, in cinematic history, I reckon. Um, Cap will die. Iron Man. Captain America. I think. Iron Man. Um, I reckon one of the Guardians will... If one of them don't already want... Like, I It'll think be Batista. Or, Batista will die. No, he has to stay. No, he's already said he wants to stay like he wants to do Guardians 3. Nah. But I think Gamora will stay dead. Are we still recording? We are still recording, Joel. Oh, thank you. But in terms of the, the main six, I think Cap and Iron Man will die. Mm. They need to. Well, I think that Thanos will not be the main villain in Endgame. Why is he a villain? He eradicates the problem <laughs> of human overpopulation. That's a good thing. Joel is a man that believes that animals trump humans in almost all forms. Except for sexuality. <laughs> I'm not going to go bang an animal. I'm not... Humans are technically animals. You know that, don't you? Wait, what? Humans are technically animals. Yeah. yeah, well, I only romanticize um, do you think, humans. Do you think that humans should be made extinct? I really said the wrong thing. No, Please. just most of us. <laughs> All right. 
I'm joking. So, okay, okay, we'll bring this back that to a sporting. A we'll bring this back to a sporting field. Let's say that you had to get rid of six AFL clubs to oh, balance. Oh, that was quick. St Kilda, one premiership is not enough. No, I actually like Bulldogs. GW, wait, nah, they're probably too compelling. Ooh. Yeah, let's get rid of North. Ooh. Let's get rid of Fremantle. Um, let's get rid of Port. They can suck eggs. Port Adelaide, 130 years of history down the drain. Alright, get rid of Adelaide Crozen. More Vic clubs, surely. Surely. Get rid of... Have I said North? I did. Richmond. Yes, get rid of Richmond. Yeah, get rid of Richmond, please. Who else would you put in there? The Bulldogs would probably slot in there. Like, dare I say it, the Bulldogs are in the lower class of the Melbourne clubs. Let's get the territories represented. Northern Territory, ACT, and Tasmania, while they're a state. Let's get them a club. Send North to Tasmania... Send St. Kilda to Darwin. No, 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 no. Send Gold Coast to Darwin. And... Hashtag Northern Territory. I love the Northern Territory. That's where my family lives. I love that place. Do you reckon the ACT... I don't think the ACT deserves... GWS play four games there a season. That's enough. The ACT's a shit... The ACT's a shithole. Canberra's a shithole. Fuck Canberra. Fuck Canberra. And the what? Hashtag, hashtag roundabout city. Hashtag it's a, save the dribble. It's, a full, it's full of fucking idiots. <laughs> also, okay. I'd like to ask shout out to our sponsor today. Our sponsor today, before we leave, our sponsor today is our KO Sports. Uh, $25 a month and you will get all games of the Toyota AFL Premiership season. And also including other sports, including all of the NBA playoffs. V8 Supercar Rounds, F1, MotoGP, and the IPL, and every game. Can we get free subscriptions for shouting the man on this podcast? I think we do. (laughs) And also, every game of the 2019 ICC Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. So please, subscribe today at kosports.com.au. Smash like and subscribe. Three points in podcast. Three points in podcast. I think we're out of time. Three points in. Three points in podcast. We're out of time here on Facebook. Three points in podcast. As said, Spotify. Thanks for listening. Also, three points in podcast. Any girls interested in Joel Alice? He's available. Any Richmond females out there? He's off. You're in with a better shot. Wait, what? Send your what Richmond supporter you're in. Send your details to send your details into the uh, three points in Facebook page, no. and uh, he will be in touch with you shortly. No. Thanks, comments. Don't pimp me. <laughs> and have a good night, guys. See you later.